0: Welcome to the Art and Science of Success. I'm your host, Jonathan Brown. Now this 12-part podcast series has been created to help you make the most of the recovery opportunities, however long they last. In the last 12 years, I've worked with some of the world's top leaders, companies and teams to help them create success in highly challenging situations. And in that time, I've got to know some of the world's top practitioners and researchers into the toughest situations we can face. As we work to rebuild our businesses and even our communities, I wanted to offer some free resources and insights that I know help leaders because we use them every day helping our clients to deliver amazing results. So we asked them, what insights and ideas do you have that leaders can apply to help them survive and thrive whatever happens in the next few months or even the next few years? We have to find ways of inspiring our people to become even better and if there was ever a time for you to do truly great work, to truly be your best more often, it's today. So I hope these podcasts will help you in some small way to create even more success for you and for those you care about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Art and Science of Success. I'm your host, Jonathan Brown. Today, we have one of my favorite um, people, which is Gavin Andrews, who is the CEO and MD of HeartMath UK and Ireland. He's also the co-founder of a fantastic app um, called Syntropy, which um, promotes meditation through a combination of neuroscience, digital arts and music. And he's also um, the founder of We Add Heart, which is a global meditation movement. So, well, um, Gavin,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Yeah, cheers. Great to be here.
0: Um, so, Gavin, do you want to just briefly introduce yourself just over and above the, the very impressive titles and, and co-founder roles that you've got? <laughs>
1: okay. uh, yeah, so um, I do. I run HeartMath in the UK and Ireland. So for those people who aren't familiar with HeartMath, it's uh, it's a, it's actually an American organisation. They've been around since the early 90s. In fact, they've been around a lot longer than that, but it's an organisation they've been together that long. Um, and in really simple terms, it's a system of breathwork techniques, uh, emotional uh, behavioural self-regulation techniques. Uh, and it also includes some technology. So there's some biofeedback technology. And so the idea of the HeartMath system is that you regulate yourself with the breathwork and the emotional behavioural regulation. And you can also actually measure what's happening to yourself physiologically. So that, that's what it is. Um, there's also, I'd say, uh, a, a sort of more esoterical spiritual side to heart math which is as simple really as connecting with your own heart and learning to live from the heart a little bit more. So that is something that also appeals to me. I love all the, the practice and the science and the biofeedback stuff, but um, yeah, I'm also committed to living my life from my heart a little bit more, and that's a journey that I've been on for a very long time, still not completed that journey.:
0: And, and but, is that uh, where yeah. we had heart came from then?
1: yeah well so it's actually been where the other kind of things that i did came from as well so the way we had heart i was just really looking for a way to try and get this stuff out to a broader audience people who perhaps haven't heard of heart math um, or coherence or heart rate variability or the, any of those things and perhaps wouldn't even be interested in it because they thought it was more scientific um, so yeah it was just a way really to put out there to people hey look if you're interested in connecting with your heart through some practice if you're interested in also connecting with the hearts of others so intentionally you know feeling feelings of things like appreciation and gratitude and care and compassion for other people sort of nurturing your ability to do that and that's where the weird heart thing came from so that is is, it's it's very simple just monthly meditations they're 35 minutes long and yeah we just practice the coherence breath work and we practice cultivating these feelings for each other, for people who are important to us in life, for people in the in the wider world. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely experience. And we've, we've, we're growing now in, we're in 33 countries now, I think, and there's something like 120 groups. And um, our friends in the U.S. are about to come on board soon as well, so there'll be a, a big increase. So that that's, that's nice to have started that, that off. That's something free that we started at the beginning of COVID. Um, and then also the Syntropy thing is connected with all that as well because – I'm I'm really interested in how we make this stuff easy for people, because I know a lot of people are really interested in meditation and mindfulness. And we know that they're great for you. A lot of people give up really quickly because of the effort involved. Um, And I don't think that necessarily there needs to be a lot of effort. Uh, And so that's where Syntropy came from. I. I'm passionate about the arts, I love music. Um, one of those synchronicities I came across uh, an artist and a musician who were interested in this type of stuff as well. And so what we do is we just create really short, beautiful videos using gorgeous art, like abstract art, lovely chill-out music in 8D and with binaurals, and we produce these four or five minute artistic uh audio-visual, you know, journeys into abstract art and music, which um do two types. One is with breath work, so They actually pace your breathing. Uh, and the other is just relaxation. Mode, so they just, they're just beautiful to look at. Um, and I think that's what we need more and more, actually, at the moment. We're going to be talking about fear and anxiety, but a lot of people are, you know, their baseline level of fear and anxiety is very, very high. Mm. And so if we can provide things to people, even if they're just like, you know, short, easy things to, 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 to just get into during the day, then that can help people to manage that that. Very, very high level of fear and anxiety that they've got going on at the moment
0: Well, I think what what I particularly love about your approach, Gavin, is that you've got a combination of so we've got the, what would look like more traditional meditation, but in a group work with we had heart so that would be yeah. a you know an evening practice you know you may even light a candle or two right if you want to add
1: adds right? to the occasion yeah um,
0: and and so in that sense and that's your deeper meditation and and we yeah. had a, a speaker on um on last week actually john butler mm. who mm. actually meditates for four hours a day in a church a beautiful wow. church in bakewell or we had a, a conversation up on the top of a hillside in bakewell so, so in that sense it's really big it's just that it's like well, it's impossible to do during a busy day mm. but a five minute um fully activated meditation where all your senses are employed with sound and, and you know, visual and, um, or the key, key ones that would help you to just to calm your stress levels or to help you, re- no, and more importantly, to help you refocus to the positive emotions, which was one of our, our guys on in week one, um, mm-hmm. which was Stanford, you know, the Stanford professor, um, Fred Luskin, who talked about the importance of positive focus and positive emotion and, um, and those things, um, and so you've got that combination of the two, going deep, but also, okay, so day-to-day, you're really busy. How can we use technology positively um, in order to deepen your, ex- your spiritual practice rather than it being a distraction?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, we're all used to sitting in front of computers in front of smartphones, so why not put it on the platform where that's easy for people? Mm.
0: Brilliant. Mm. And, and so our conversation, so we've worked in, in this field together for a, quite a long time now, but mm. this, this whole idea for a fear and anxiety podcast... Um, I just wonder if you want to if you want to share that conversation we had around the the CDC the amazing CDC data, um, yeah, on on the you know the and the causes of COVID COVID morbidity.
1: Yes, yeah, so, 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 yes, yeah, so it was this paper that popped up. Um, it was only a, a month or so ago, um, and so what's happened is this, the CDC, so the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, who are you know a bit like our Public Health England. Um, They've obviously been collecting data for a long time. So, since March 2020 and March 2021, they've been collecting all the data on hospitalizations. There's nearly like 5 million hospitalizations in the US in that, that period, um, of which um, some 540 odd thousand were for COVID. So, about 11% of all the hospitalizations were, were COVID related. So, what they, and that's of course, 800 odd different hospitals. And so, with those 540,000, serious hospitalizations and actually deaths they were looking at the profile of the patients the people uh and what they found was that 94.9 percent of everyone had at least one medical condition diagnosed medical condition of some kind um and then when they looked at what the real risk factors were there was three that stood out from everything else so number one was obesity Um, i think You know, most people are aware that obesity is a major problem. If you are unfortunate enough to get COVID, Um, so that that, according to the CDC data, is a thirty percent increased risk of hospitalisation or death. So, pretty serious. Hmm. Um, That was the number one. The number three was diabetes, which again I think a lot of people are are quite aware of, and that was a twenty six percent increased risk of hospitalisation or death. The number two was actually fear and anxiety conditions. And when I read that, I I was really surprised because although I know that, you know, the risk factors for COVID are, you know, basically to do with being unwell or unhealthy, I I was viewing that all through the lens of kind of like physical stuff. But actually, uh, physical health problems, diseases. But the fear and anxiety, obviously, is mental health issue, although as you and I know, there there can be no separation between the mind and the body when it comes to things like that. But I was shocked at twenty eight percent increased risk if you have a diagnosed fear and anxiety condition. And then that just got me thinking. That's when we started talking about well, you know, fear and anxiety that might be a diagnosed condition, but this sits on a spectrum of severity of fear and anxiety. And so anyone with an increased level of fear and anxiety is going to be increasing their risk. Obviously, the more serious your fear and anxiety condition, the greater your risk. But all of us uh, are increasing our risk. And so throughout the whole of the COVID period, and this has only really been increasing, actually, the fear and anxiety levels have been going up. And people are making decisions about how they behave, what they do or don't do, what they shouldn't do for their children, with this heightened level of fear and anxiety running uh, in the background. Um, so it's not just about your risk from COVID. It's also about your ability to think clearly, logically, rationally, uh, empathetically, creatively, socially about how you should behave and what you should do. Um, yeah, so that's where this all came from, wasn't it? We yeah. were we were thinking, well, actually, it's it's a big it's a big deal, it's a big issue. And actually, fear and anxiety as a risk factor is something that you can do many things about quite quickly. I mean, if you've got Um, obesity or diabetes yeah you can you can do stuff about it but it kind of takes a little bit longer to do something about it whereas actually there are lots of simple techniques and practices that you can engage in if you have fear and anxiety to help reduce that a bit and any reduction in your experience of fear and anxiety can only be beneficial yeah
0: 100 and and i guess that you know the the irony or the the additional complication of all this is that the is that the government has been transparent in its use of fear to induce behaviour change in what it deemed was in our best interests? Um, so just without any involvement in any you know conspiracy or they're trying to hurt us or anything like that. It was what we know is that fear-based motivation works faster than inspiration-based motivation. So away from motivation is stronger than towards in the short term. So telling everybody that there's a risk you could die or you could kill your grandmother. Um, is likely to generate a very strong behavior change or a positive reaction to the advice that they're mm-hmm. giving, um, which I guess at the time when people were much more concerned about the, the, the fatality rates and everything else of, of this new illness, um, we can say that it, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't wrong, it could, but it comes with unintended side effects, I guess. And, and for me, and this is, a, so the, the organization that did this in the UK was a scientific p- pandemic Influenza group on behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, which is SPI um, B, um, which was a subset of SAGE. So they were a government agency acting in what they felt was the best interest of the nation, in my opinion. Um, the only thing is, is we've now got a nation, of one and a half years later, that is, you know, appears to be in my, in, you know, looking around, more and more of us are manifesting a, what would look like a fear and anxiety disorder of some kind, or just heightened levels of stress um, with with reduced self regulation um, and reduced capability to handle further shocks, right? Which is a, right now in the in the UK, we've got this extraordinary fuel non shortage, which is causing <laughs> queues in the and fights, at, you know, at, at petrol stations yeah. um, of people's perceived scarcity. And I had an exchange on on Twitter saying look, people are behaving rationally because they no longer trust the government's advice because they've been wrong so many times or lied to us, however you want to interpret it. But there's been a yep. difference between what they've said and the reality. So mm-hmm. when they say, look, there's plenty of fuel, don't worry, just buy your normal amount or slightly less if you can manage it so that we've all got some, they've just ignored it. So again, yeah. we've just got this, this lack of regulation, which is symptomatic of, of people with anxiety and fear disorders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So that, yeah, that, that policy is trying to nudge the public's behavior or actually when we look back at it, it was more of a shove than a nudge actually um, which i'm sure was done with the best of intentions um yeah the downside of that is that it's created a society with incredibly high levels of fear and anxiety <laughs> which is in itself a risk factor for hospitalization to death so that doesn't make any sense when you look at it from from this perspective um, and yeah it then predisposes the public towards not trusting the government. And mm. you're right, this situation with with petrol, uh unfortunately, people then default to a more sort of, you know, I'm going to protect myself, I'm going to protect my family, I'm going to get what I need to get. So I am going to go out and I'm going to fill my car up and some jerry cans. Um, because I don't know, I can't trust the government when they tell me this is all going to be over relatively quickly. And then in, in extreme, so we're behaving selfishly basically. And then in an extreme example you get people behaving in in violent ways where they're prepared to you know push to the front of a queue or even engage in you know fights and pulling knives on people and things like that to get some fuel i mean it's crazy but actually the whole thing is being driven by stress Mm. you know fear that i won't be able to drive my van to work fear that I can't get my kids to school, fear that if I don't get this fuel now, there's not going to be any available for two weeks, so I'm going to fill up some extra jerry cans. Um, that doesn't bring out the best in human behaviour. We know that when humans are stressed, they, they, yeah, they basically become predisposed towards fighting, running away or playing dead, kind of like complete paralysis, you know, and that's what's going on in society, unfortunately. Um, so what, what this is all about in our conversation is if we recognize this, we can see it's going on and we can actually notice ourselves. Being predisposed towards these feelings and notice our own thoughts, feelings and behaviors changing, then we can actually do something about it. We can get ourselves back to a better place.
0: And so so the first thing I want to just want to stress everybody is that regardless of the intention or the actions of, of the government, um, I'm assuming positive intent. But mm-hmm. but the most important thing is that if you've been not living in a society where they've used fear as motivation, then you feeling fear and anxiety is a perfectly normal reaction. And I think that's one of the yeah. things that we we always coach people on is the first thing to do if you want to deal with an emotion the first thing you must do is, uh, is acknowledge it by becoming aware of it. And to yeah. acknowledge, yes, I am feeling anxious and fearful, because yeah. then we can start to look at doing something that I think, I think the issue is we can become fearful of admitting our anxiety and fear, which then causes us to deny it, which then gives us a doubling of the problem rather than a possibility of resolution. And I think that's a, the advice that all our you know, the, the, the heart math coaches and, um, and all our guys at the ALP, it's all about okay, so just acknowledge where you are and become aware of the situation and your feelings.
1: Yeah. And of course that can be a challenge because when you are stressed, your ability to engage in reflection, self-awareness is, is compromised quite literally because the part of your brain that does that, the prefrontal cortex is less active. The more, the more stressed you are, fearful and anxious you are, the more activity you have in the, the stress centers, that's the, the amygdala. Um, and the activity that would normally exist in the prefrontal cortex, which is the bit of you that is responsible for self-awareness, executive function, self-regulation, creativity, all those types of things, that's going offline. Or it is offline to varying degrees, depending on how how stressed you are. So, again, we can't blame people for being in this state, and it's not about blame, but if we can recognise that this is happening, I am feeling stressed, fearful, anxious, that point of recognition is the beginning of the self-awareness that can then enable Mm. you to to do something about it instead of remaining caught up in in the hype and then every time you see you know some figures from the media or the government that are presented without any context whatsoever your reaction isn't just to think oh my god you know we're all going to die of covid and it's going to be a mad max wasteland within six months Mm um and you think, read, well, hang on a you, minute. Read the, you read the
0: comments in the survey we produced someone was I mentioning- did
1: read that it was a great comment I've got to get it in there I don't know who made it but it was a brilliant one yeah but seriously that is that's you know more and more people are talking about your know, collapsed civilization and and, 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 and hey look may, maybe that's coming down the line I don't tend to know about any of that but certainly the more stressed you are the more you're likely to see that that is a reality and so you're much more likely to want to go out and fill your car up with as much fuel as possible in case we all need to make for the hills at some point point. Um, and it's just not helping us it's not helping us individually and it's not fel- helping us collectively and if we don't find ways to rein in this this level of fear and anxiety that is existing across society I don't think it bodes well whether it's Mad Max Wasteland or not, no, it no, doesn't I mean, bode well for society.
0: And we, well, what we end up with is if we're all anxious and fearful and just looking and, and so overwhelmed that we only think of our own interests and the very own short term interest is that we then generate the shortage that we're, fear, we're fearful of. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and the irony of this this last week was that there was as far as I can tell, there was genuinely no shortage, just a possible slight distribution problem. Yeah. But our our collective behavior of everybody hoarding the fuel that they could get mm-hmm. meant that the shortage became a reality. So we actually manifested in the physical terms, our worst fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'd like to look at, because you, you're talking there about some of the, the science or some of what, what caused when anxiety hits in and fear mm-hmm. hits in, your brain switches off and stuff. I just wondered if you could take us through some slides. So for people on, we'll, we'll post this on either the website or on YouTube so people can see your slides. But if we can just talk them, acknowledging that most people are going to be listening in rather than rather than watching this. So if you can describe what you're sharing um, and we can get yeah. into well, what is it that what is anxiety and what yeah. is fear and what does it do to the body that can cause us to do such strange and sometimes dangerous things?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's a really good point. Anyway, what what is fear and what is anxiety? I mean, actually, they're experiences and we use words to try and describe, you know, a concept, or an experience. but. The experience is the experience and it's very different for each person so my experience of fear or anxiety is different to your experience of fear and anxiety so so maybe let's generalize to keep things simple and let's just call it all stress okay and let's all let's recognize that these are unpleasant feelings and emotions um so, so when we experience stress unpleasant feelings and emotions you know a lot of very complicated stuff happens within our bodies and our brains let's try and keep it it really simple the the first thing that happens is that you know the autonomic nervous system goes into uh, a sympathetic straight state so what that's like is imagine yourself like an engine it's like you're, you're going into accelerator mode so the foot goes on the gas you know everything speeds up in in your system you get various biochemicals you get you know adrenaline first of all then you get cortisol into the system um so everything speeds up uh and then the rest of the body uh, and indeed the brain respond to that react to that uh one of the things that happens in the brain is that the activity shifts more towards the stress centers so they're the bits of the brain the oldest and evolutionary term bits of the brain that are there to, to keep us safe so they're the bits that are particularly effective at meaning that we fight flight run away um freeze or faint and um so we go in, go into that mode to varying degrees based upon how significant the stressor is. One of the interesting things that happens here in the basis of the, the heart math system is what happens to the heart. So the heart not only speeds up, um, but it changes in its rhythm as well. So this is where I'll I'll show a slide. And for those who are just listening, I'll just um, I'll talk through what's on the slide. OK, so slide here is slide here with heart rhythms and emotions um in this first transition that i've just shown what you're seeing here is a heart rhythm this is this is not like you would see if you're watching casualty on tv and you're seeing the ecg the beep, 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 that's not what you'd see okay you can't you can't actually see the individual heartbeats here what you're looking at is the interplay within the heart's rhythm where it's speeding up and slowing down so what we're seeing here is a very chaotic line it looks a bit like a you know an earthquake. So when you see like a size, size, sizeometer? Are they called sizeometers? I don't know. You know, what seismologists use those things. <laughs> okay. So you have an earthquake, it gets all, all um, chaotic. That's what we're looking at here. And what that is showing is actually the interplay uh, within the autonomic nervous system. And that's what is being reflected in the heart rhythm. So where you see the line going up, that's the heart rate speeding up. And where you see it going down, that's the heart rate slowing down and we can see that it's speeding up and it's slowing down chaotically. So that is what happens whenever you experience broadly any form of unpleasant feeling and emotion. So that could be fear or anxiety, it could be worry, it could also be depression. The actual heart rate itself may be higher or lower depending on the type of stress you're experiencing, but there's instability or chaos, as we call it incoherency within the heart's rhythms. Now, that's important. It's important for the brain. I'll come to that in a second. But it's important in terms of what's going on within our bodies, because in essence, we're out of balance. Physiologically, we're out of balance. And as I show you in a minute, psychologically, we're out of balance. Um, And what's happening is because we're out of balance, we're actually creating wear and tear, something called anastasis. And so the longer that we experience stress, the longer we're out of balance, the longer we're actually in a state of wear and tear. Now, this is not a problem if you experience short-term stressors. In fact, it's normal and it's what we've been evolved to, to, uh, to, to handle. In fact, it's adaptive. It's good for us in the short term. But when we've had, you know, a, a year and a half or more of a stressful situation, this is not good for us because it's, li- it's keeping us out of balance and it's literally wear- wearing a stain. However, when we experience um, pleasant and positive feelings emotions the thoughts that drive those feelings and emotions actually our physiology does something very very different um, our autonomic nervous system goes into balance uh, and we can see that in the heart's rhythm so this second transition that i'm showing you what you can see here is this lovely smooth sinusoidal repeating pattern and what's happening there is the heart is basically speeding up and slowing down in this rhythmic way so it's uh, it's ordered uh, so we call that coherence it's a real physiological state that you can measure through heart rhythms um but it isn't just the heart rhythms that are doing that what's actually happening is all of the systems and processes uh in the body and indeed in the brain are basically going they're synchronizing so they're operating in this optimal state um and you can just see from that diagram actually compare it with the top one that the smoothness and the order is preferable and the smoothness and the order is actually promoting what's known as homeostasis, which is the body's ability to regulate itself back to balance, repair itself, revitalize itself. So, you know, as humans, that's what should be going on all the time. We can challenge ourselves, but as long as we go into states where we can rest and recuperate and homeostasis can do its thing, then we recover adequately and uh, we remain healthy, the problem yeah, with that, that yeah. and,
0: and Gavin, that's just it's such an important point. I just want to to stress that is that it is not the stress that causes the problem, it's our lack of recovery and it's our inability to turn off the stress reaction.
1: Yeah, I mean, it may sound like the same thing, but actually you're, you're quite right is that it is actually the lack of the states that enable us to recover and rebalance and repair that are the big problems. Stress in and of itself is not a bad thing. In fact, in some cases, it's an extremely good thing because it means that you get yourself out of danger and you survive. Uh, it can raise your level of performance to do something that you need to do. But if it's, if it's enduring over long periods, which means that you're not getting the opposite state, which is where the rest and recovery yeah. comes in, that's when it's a problem. And we know, you know this physiologically is one of the reasons behind why people get ill. Because in those states, the body can't adequately repair itself and revitalise itself. So it's more predisposed towards illnesses, diseases. This is the state where your immune system becomes compromised. Obviously, we know that we all need a really healthy immune system in order to fight off the worst of COVID. Uh, But the longer that we're experiencing these uh, states of imbalance, the more we're compromising our health and our happiness because we're experiencing too many unpleasant feelings and emotions as well. So. They're states that the body kind of naturally just goes into, depending on what we're experiencing. But the good news is that you can intentionally create those states. So the bad news is that you can unintentionally create those states by having a diet of of media with figures taken out of context and believing everything they're told about, you know, everybody dying of COVID or the fact that you're not going to get petrol for six months. Um, That's unconscious. But once you recognize that that can happen to you unconsciously, then you can decide, actually, I'm going to do something else. With my physiology, which will benefit me in terms of my health, my ability to balance myself, which is which is positive in the long term, but actually it's really really important in the short term as well. So I'll share another slide now, which places these heart rhythm patterns onto a kind of basic diagram of what's going on in the brain. So this this next slide titles "Heart Rhythms, Brain Function, Self Regulation." We've got a couple of uh, uh images of uh of people's brains and hearts (laughs) so what happens you are you've been experiencing fear and anxiety for for some time stress of any kind for some time Um, you then you know find out that everyone's queuing at the petrol stations and you haven't got enough fuel in your car to go to work so an extra level of stress remember i've told you that when you experience those states your your autonomic nervous system goes out of balance and your heart rhythms become reflect that they become incoherent or chaotic now what's interesting about the heart is that it's the largest rhythm maker in the body Um, and so whatever beat or rhythm the heart is tapping out the rest of the body and the brain are going to receive that information so if you like to to simplify they're going to follow its rhythm they're going to follow its beat so if that beat is chaotic and incoherent what that means is that the body and the brain are going to respond to it And if the brain is receiving chaotic information from the body, that means that the activity in the stress centers is going to be sustained or or, or even increased. So you're going to be in fight, fight, freeze mode. Now, in order for your brain to send its resources to that part to keep you safe by fighting, running away or playing dead, it has to take activity from the cortex. So in this diagram, you showing there's there's more activity in the the stress centers and there's less activity in the cortex. Now, the cortex, of course, is the bit that enables you to be logical, rational. It's the bit that enables you to be self-aware. It's the bit that enables you to regulate your behaviors, you know, to not do or say something, to feel angry or to feel even violent, but not behave in that way. To tell yourself, you know, I really want to i really want to punch that guy just pushed pushed in front of me in the petrol queue but i know through my self-awareness that if i do that no good can come from it so i'm not going to do it that bit of your brain goes offline the more stressed you are so that's why you know probably you'll see these videos of these you know guys fighting on the forecourts that's why they're doing it the bit of their brain that says to them that's a really bad idea. You know, you, at the very least, you might get arrested. Worst case scenario, you might get badly injured or you might end up killing someone or they might end up killing you. But the bit of the brain that enables you to see that possibility and regulate yourself is, is offline to varying degrees. So it's, it's a bit like a lob- lobotomy, basically. And this, of course, is on a spectrum of, of severity. But all of us who've been experiencing the fear and anxiety for the last year and a half have been more in the activity in the stress centers bit of our brain than the prefrontal cortex bit of our brain, which is making it harder and harder to engage in, being logical and rational about the information we've been provided, like asking questions about, you know, what's the context for these numbers? What's my relative risk instead of my absolute risk? Um, It's preventing us from from engaging in that. It's preventing us from recognizing that we need to look after ourselves. What the heart mass system is based upon is just recognizing I'm stressed and that's going to compromise all of that higher thinking and then doing something to yourself to get you back in the right place. <clears throat> so this what I've done now is a, a built a transition on the slide, which shows in the other example where you're creating this, the, the coherent heart rhythms. So this is done initially through regulating your breathing. Most people don't realize just how powerful breathing and breath work is. But if you can slow and deepen, balance your breathing, it has an immediate impact on your autonomic nervous system and on your heart rhythms. And then remember, I said the heart's the largest rhythm maker in the body. So then all of this different information, which is in form of the heart rhythms, but it's also in in form of of blood supply. It's in the form of um, neurological activity. It's in the form of the different hormones that the heart releases. This ordered and stable signal, if you like, message goes to the body and to the brain. And then the brain or bit of the brain called the thalamus basically, in effect, says, hey, there's order, there's stability coming back at me from the body, so I must be safe. So I don't require activity in my stress centers. I don't need to fight, run away or play dead. And then all of a sudden, the activity then can begin to return to the cortex and as soon as you get that activity beginning to return to the cortex then you can you become more self-aware and you can then engage in self-regulatory behavior you can regulate your emotions you can regulate your behaviors as well so that is sort of like the, the foundation of the heart Path techniques it is simply about First of all, going into the level of physiology and regulating your physiology so that that then has a positive impact upon the brain, so that then you can change the, the thoughts and the feelings. <clears throat> the other bit of the heart system is that we, we have a piece of technology that measures your ability to do that. So you can practice doing that with a, an app, and it will give you feedback on the relative degree level of coherence that you can create so you can get better at it over time. And that that means that because you practice it, actually when you do get stressed, like even really, really, really stressed, it's easier to recognize I'm stressed and then do something about it. So it's a bit like sort of strengthening that muscle as it were. I'll stop there because that's quite a lot. Um, Jonathan, what bits of that do you think might need?
0: Well, so so just to I mean, when you talked about the, the autonomic nervous system we've got the we've got the sympathetic nervous system which is in charge of fight flight don't we and then we also have the mm-hmm. parasympathetic which is in charge of recovery and yeah. renewal right? yeah. or you know i guess tend and befriend i guess we could we could quote there that. and that's really about the thing that helps us to recover to rebuild cells so we have a challenge um sympathetic nervous system incoherent reaction that gets us going gets us moving being ready to fight And then something in our body can we switch and say we're safe now. So now we can focus on recovery and repair, getting cleaned up and getting ready for the next challenge. And I think that's really where we've had this this real issue. Or one of the reasons is because there hasn't been a safe zone declaration or we haven't no one said we're okay now. We can we can relax for a bit. Um, At the very least, it's been maintain your vigilance versus don't relax because this isn't over. and I think one of the things that, that's so powerful about heart math and the breathing and everything else is that you're telling your body that you are safe right now. Yeah. So in that sense, all the stuff that we would normally do when we, you know, just metaphorically clearing it, clearing away the debris of the storm, getting back, you know, repairing the roof, all those kind of things that we do physiologically, we're now able to do. And that's the the key thing with again. So we, we're gonna we're gonna experience fear and anxiety and you know and continue to do so for some time. The key thing is, what can you do to help you to relax when it's safe to do so? Mm -hmm. And I think what's one of the saddest things that we've all been in our homes with our families, and we've not had the enjoyment of that. We've not had the benefit of being in a safe, literally a safe space, as safe as it can possibly get, because Mm -hmm. we're worried about this invisible virus that could be spread by, you know, someone who's asymptomatic. Um, Instead of saying, you know what, we've taken all precautions everything that we deem to be, a, to be appropriate for us, which means that we can take a breath metaphorically as well as literally. And as you say, by breathing deeply and rhythmically in your body, you're able to stimulate the, you know, the repair system of your body. Um, and that's system- it. Yeah.
1: In, 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 in real time with your eyes open, you know, you, you don't, you don't need to go anywhere special to do this. You can sit wherever you are and change your breathing immediately. It's one of the very few parts of the, you know, the unconscious part of ourselves, the autonomic the nervous system is, is unconscious most of the time, but it's one of the few bits where we do have conscious control if we wish to. You can hold your breath, you can speed it up, you can slow it down, you can deepen, you can lighten. Um, and the the impact of having conscious control over that is is profound. It significantly changes what your physiology is doing Literally, especially with practice, literally within a breath, mm. um, and that that is so empowering to know that that's available to you. And of course, unfortunately, most people don't know that's available to them. And the other side, this isn't magic. So if you don't practice it, then even if you do know it's available to you, when you're stressed, you forget because the bit of your brain <laughs> needs to be online to tell you it's available to you it is offline. So. Well, this is very, very simple, you know, the techniques do require dedicated practice. It needs to be, uh, my, my belief is, and I know it's your belief as well, Jonathan, Is this is a daily practice. You know, I, I, I will always do 20 minutes of at least what we, what we call heart-focused breathing, if not other types of techniques, and at least 20 minutes a day of specific breath work. And then throughout the day as well, ad hoc, if I notice that I'm thinking or feeling something stressful if I notice in my body attention or whatever, I'll do something about it there and then as well. So there's for me at least there's a part of it which is a dedicated daily practice. And then there's the ad hoc as and when I need it practice. And for me, that means I can kind of keep on top of uh the body's natural predisposition to go back into the stress state. Because let's let's face it as well, that is a natural predisposition throughout the whole of our evolutionary history. We have evolved to become very, very good at looking after ourselves and protecting ourselves. You'll never turn it off. Um, The problem is that in the world that we live in, a a lot of the time that predisposition is not helpful and it's not necessary because we aren't actually in danger, or or even if we are in danger, it's not the type of danger to our life, and it's a danger that requires a, you know, sophisticated and complex, um, thoughtful uh, solution as opposed to just fight or play dead.
0: You know, and, and I think that's it again, just to just to stress to people, just to, to, to name what you're experiencing, to verbalize something in front of people who, you know, can be trusted. That's a key thing. So you're not making mm. your challenge worse. If you say, do you know what, guys, right now, I'm just feeling a bit anxious or I just feel a bit overwhelmed. Um, and then it's like, what can I do with the energy that my body's produced? And so you could just say to people, could we continue this conversation by having a walk? And and have a conversation yeah. whilst walking around. And what that then does is that shifts the energy in yeah. your body. So that you, your body's primed for fight, flight-free. So you're actually there's an element of flight in your in your walk. But what it also does, the walk creates a rhythm because you do it one step after the other. And so that then can help you generate coherence in you, in yourself, but also interestingly, in the other person. So if you're having, yes. especially if you're having an argument, sometimes I would be quite calm in a situation with a, you know, I'm having a bit of a heated conversation with someone in a turnaround and I'd say to them, do you, want, do you mind? I'm getting a bit stressed with this. Do you mind if we go for a walk and it calms them down so we can have a conversation and get to the truth of the situation, which I think is a, you know, the most <clears> important thing right now is that we're able to find ways of resolving conflict and further stress peacefully. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: so th- yeah, that range of options, be comes available to you and it's not available to you when you're in that incoherent stress state. It's 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 kind of binary. <clears throat> Everything's black and white in, in, in that type of situation. Um, but if you can recognize it, then get yourself back into that balanced state, the options begin to open up. There are many different ways of of interacting or you're, you're able to change your behavior. Be much, just much, much more flexible in what you might do or say or how you might behave.
0: Do you know, there's a, so the, uh, one thing I, I wrote about in the, in the book. So there was, there was two, um, two key approaches to handling a stressful situation. So one is a, is a safety signal in that there's no further stress. We're OK. Are um, we able to limit any further stress? and I know some of the people who did the, um, who did the questionnaire very kindly were saying, Do you know what, I've, turned, I've had to turn off the television. At times I allow myself to watch the television to see what's going on. But I also know I might need to turn it off. So it's actually if I'm if I'm emotionally full, then I take on no further challenge. So in that sense, whereas we're often just taking more and more, aren't we? So we can get ourselves overwhelmed and then lose our brain function and and stuff. So the key thing is to, again, just like, as you said, getting into the awareness of noticing I'm starting to feel this. Okay, Mm. I need to act before I lose control of my mental faculties or if you're with a partner or a trusted colleague at work, they can say to you, you know, you can say to me, you know, in, we've been delivering, haven't we? Go Exactly. I John, you might want to just calm it down a bit, mate. Are you all right? Or, you know, let's go for a walk and, and you do your little magic and stuff and and I calm down again. And the other one is a preparatory, preparatory response hypothesis, which is basically just preparing for further challenge. Mm-hmm. And now the, the good news of having fear injected into us almost every day for 18 months is that we're all very good at it now aren't we
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, so, good at it. and so and i looking at some of the, the the truly exquisite responses that people have have shared with us is the whole thing is like okay so how do i best handle fear and anxiety what's what's my best approach and write it down and then have it available so when you're thinking you know i'm about to lose my stuff here you pull out your sheet of how to regain my stuff sheet, which is, okay, go for a walk, talk to a friend, do heart math, do meditation, listen to great music, you know, listen to watch something funny on YouTube, anything that would help you to regain and just to get your balance. So nothing major, nothing massive, or, you know, it's like, well, okay. So And also the other thing is what kind of things, if I'm in an elevated stressful situation, let's say that cases continue to rise and we're in danger of going into lockdown, is, okay so what can you do whilst you're doing your work that would not contribute to your stress levels but actually reduce them
2: mm-hmm. so
0: it could be that you avoid the news it could be then you listen to peaceful music so you know my wife's got me onto classic <laughs> fm rather than heart fm yeah so instead of rock music we have classical music so again it's calming or actually maybe i could try your syntipher music when it's released
1: absolutely that's what's what that's, what, it's that's
0: find, what do you teach people um Gavin on with just simple simple techniques and strategies that you,
1: that you suggest. well, so 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 the breathing thing for me, I think is is most important because that that gives you the space to have the awareness for all the other stuff. it gives it gives you the baseline that you can be more flexible from and you can recognize I- I'm watching a bit too much news here. i'm 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 you know, for me, this is a, a great way of thinking about this is like too much or too little of anything is not good for you. just I would suggest as well, just completely ignoring the news is not sensible because there is a risk, Mm. you know, we need to be aware of it. So too much or too little of anything is not good for you. Think about this in terms of diet as well. You know, if you're consuming too much of a diet of negative news, it's not good for you in the same way that if you're consuming too much of a a diet of, you know, chocolate cake and (laughs) booze, it's not good for you. But equally, you know, a, a, a little bit of these things is is is, is okay. Everything in moderation, as it were. So the breathwork gives you that place of balance where you can recognize I've got too much of something or too little of it, which then enables you to make a sensible decision, which could be I'll pull back from the amount of news I'm watching or I think probably I'm having, you know, relying a bit too much on a couple of glasses of wine each night. Maybe I'll dial it back to every other night or one glass, whatever it might be. That's that's really important stuff. So once you can do that, other techniques become available to you as well so for me you know another part of the heart system actually is about intentionally experiencing positive emotions mm. so engaging in practices where i feel appreciation or gratitude for you know people in my life um, circumstances of my life uh, or even just something really simple like you know beautiful sky or the, the trees that i can see throughout my my front window like anything that if i choose to put my attention on it i can feel appreciation of gratitude for um or feeling care for people you know, or feeling and, compassion
0: yeah and and working on one of the things i love about the you know doing the the whole of the heart math tools and techniques is people become increasingly appreciative of smaller and smaller things and yeah. uh, i remember once talking to a um, a very successful entrepreneur and he just bought himself a new Porsche and it was like a 125,000 pound car, like, truly one of the greatest pieces of machinery um, ever, you know, ever created. And he said the excitement lasted about a day. And then he was driving along and he saw someone with a slightly better model. And then that was it after that. <laughs> and it's like, so if you're able, to, you know, the sky is free versus yeah. 125k. And it's, you know, it can be utterly fascinating in in noticing the changes to it, right? So it's, just you know being more and more appreciative of the little things and i think as well what i hope one of the positives maybe from this pandemic is we do appreciate the relation the power of relationship more and the importance of spending time with family um i think a lot of
1: people do yeah yeah i think a lot of people do um and of course with that once you recognize that you know, emotions aren't just reactions to the stuff that happens to be going on around you, that you actually do have some choice with emotions as well. You could choose to feel all of those pleasant things. Um, once you recognize you've got choice, what you realize as well is you've then got choice of the impact of those emotions and feelings on your body and your brain. So you're going to start releasing different hormones. You know, you're just just feeling those feelings impacts the autonomic nervous system as well. So you're changing your emotional diet. You're choosing what is going into your emotional diet um, in terms of sort of other, other simple techniques as well i mean heart has got loads we've got a, a technique called freeze frame um, which you can apply the state of coherence to then solving a problem that when you were viewing that problem through the original lens of you know stress and incoherence you really can't see the wood for the trees you, you, you can't see the options available to you but then when you get coherent you can then you get a as the name suggests, you freeze the frame on the story that you've been unconsciously telling yourself, uh, and then other narratives become available to you. And you could you could then decide, well, maybe I give one of those a go. That might be a useful solution. Um, oh, we have techniques. Just, so
0: just to just to stress that, mate. So that the whole power of the freeze frame is a principle of of being at your best when you need it most, right? So instead of yeah. being overwhelmed by the scale of a challenge, you actually approach a challenge from a position of your greatest strength. So, you being yeah. in that resourceful state when you're, you know, those days that you have at work when you're just at your best and you're doing just amazing stuff with your team or, mm. um, and, and, you know, with colleagues and making a difference is that you have that emotional state looking at your biggest problem rather than being overwhelmed by your biggest problem. So then you feel unresourceful and lack agency. And again, just to stress this, this whole thing about choice is that, is it, you know, 18 months into this pandemic, is that we've really got to start focusing in on, on how, to act, how to increase the power of our choice yeah. Yeah, and acknowledge that it is, you know, there is an element of choice. And if, we, if it feels overwhelming and we don't have a choice, then that's yeah. the time to get into the, the gym, either physically or also emotionally, which is heart math or meditation or, yeah. or other practices that can help you to have those positive emotions when you need them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, actually... Jonathan, we've been talking about all this stuff quite a lot. It might, it might be useful to, you know, share a couple of these techniques with people so they actually know what yeah, to do. Sure. What, do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, brilliant. Let's, you know, let's, let's give this stuff a go. So if we go back to what I was talking about, the fact that you can, can actually take control of your autonomic nervous system um, and then that has positive uh, impacts on the brain, <clears throat> the easiest way to do that is a technique that, that, that we call heart-focused breathing. So we'll, we'll do this for a couple of minutes. I'll just talk you through it. I mean, it, it, it's so simple, but the impact uh, is profound. So I invite anyone who's listening to just get themselves nice and comfortable, you know, sit up nicely in your chair and keep your eyes open for this. The HeartMath techniques are designed to have eyes open. But equally, if you'd rather close them, that's, that's fine as well. Not a problem. And uh, So the first thing that, that we do with the techniques is we like to shift our attention, or our focus, our awareness out of... You know the racing head, the thoughts, the worries or whatever, and, and try and put some of that into the body. So we shift the awareness and attention down into like what would be the heart or the chest area. Um, some people are able to put attention into different parts of their body. They're very good at it. If you are, it's a great skill. Uh, if you're not so good at it, then actually just simply putting your hand on your chest is a great way to just notice that part of yourself so you can feel the pressure and you can feel the warmth. Of your hand. Okay, so then the next thing that we do is you just just slow and deepen our breath So just take two or three nice deep, slow, comfortable breaths, don't breathe too deeply. Um, but most people are breathing far too quickly and shallowly, anywhere between 12 and 20 breaths a minute, most people. What we're going to do shortly is we're going to reduce that down to six breaths a minute. But just you know begin the process for yourself with just slowing and deepening. And as you're doing that as well, just notice if your belly's a bit tense and just intentionally relax the belly so that when you breathe, you can feel it expand. And when you breathe out, you can feel it contract. And also just notice if there's tension anywhere else in the body and then just, to the best of your ability, just let that go. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to breathe at a specific pace. So for most people, the state of coherence can be achieved um with a breath cycle of 10 seconds now some people they might need it to be a little bit faster some people a bit slower so it's not like everybody's 10 seconds we're all different um but for most people 10 seconds will get you a you know a high degree of coherence even if not not your optimal level we'll we'll do that together so what i want you to do is just imagine that the breath's flowing into and flowing out of the heart of the chest. So I know it can't literally, don't hold the breath up high, let the belly relax. It's just imagining that the breath is flowing in through the heart of the chest, flowing out through the heart of the chest, and we're going to try and pick up a 10 second breath cycle. So that's five seconds for the in-breath and five seconds for that out-breath,
2: okay?
1: And so just count yourself, whatever you think is a second is going to be close enough, don't worry. Breathing in for the count of five.
2: And then out for the count of five.
1: We're literally just going to sit with that for a minute. Okay, so just keep the breath flowing. Don't hold the breath at all. Just gently cycle it. And as you continue to breathe, just try and get that breath to be as lovely and smooth and sustained as possible. So if you can feel a bit of catching or jerkiness, just gently see if you can smooth that out so that you've got the same volume all the way through the five seconds of the in breath. and All the way through the five seconds of the out breath. Okay, so just then notice what you feel. Maybe you can notice, maybe you can't. Maybe it feels good. Maybe it doesn't. So that is called heart-focused breathing. It's very simple. At the very least, when you can't control anything else that's going on around you, you can actually control your breathing, so long as you remember to. What we'll do now is we're going to add a level to this. So keep the breathing going, keep the breath flowing. And what we're going to do now is we're going to add uh, a positive or pleasant feeling or emotion to the breath work. (laughs) So what I'd like to invite you to do is just to recall someone or something for which you feel genuine care, appreciation, gratitude. One of those types of feelings. <clears throat> so it could be a person, it could be a place, memory, it could be your pet. You could look out of your window, which could just be nature or skies. It really doesn't matter what it is, it just needs to be something that you could connect with, that you could feel care, appreciation,
2: or gratitude for.
1: And now that you've got something just going to spend a minute or so just focusing on breathing that feeling in and out with the breath. So don't try too hard. If you lose it, don't worry, just try and come back to it. And just breathe the feeling in with the breath
2: and out with the breath.
1: Okay, so, now I'm going to ask you to multitask because I'd like you to continue to do that as you listen to what I'm saying. So, the idea with the heart HeartMath techniques is that we can have these running kind of in the background as we're doing other things. So, what you just experienced then, when we did the first part of that, which we call the heart focused breathing, you very quickly put yourself into a state of coherence. So, you've just taken control through your breath of your autonomic nervous system, which has then impacted the heart's rhythms. Which is then sent this different, ordered, stable information signal to the rest of the body and the brain. And then, in response to that, the brain, particularly if you were feeling, you know, anxious or stressed beforehand or whatever, then the activity in the brain would begin to shift. So, what is actually happening is that the brain synchronizes with the, the rhythm of the breathing um, and the brain activity becomes coherent. And it especially impacts the uh, the prefrontal cortex, so the bit that's about self-awareness and self-regulation broadly, executive function. So that's what the breath did, and then because you are in that place where the prefrontal cortex was available to you, and then asked you to recall something or someone for which you felt a care, appreciation, or gratitude. If you couldn't, don't worry. I mean, this is you know, it's all about practicing. It's easier the more that you do it. So just If you didn't manage it then, please don't give up. Keep practicing this stuff. Um, But if you did, then you would have got something in addition to just what the breathing alone does. So the positive, pleasant feelings, the emotions um, increase the amount of coherence, both from the heart and also in the brain. And if you really connected to the feelings of the care and appreciation, then also you would have begun to impact your hormonal system. So for example, if you really felt care for somebody that you loved, chances are you could have started to produce some oxytocin, which really benefits us in terms of buffering stress and makes us more pro-social. But certainly you would have started to increase more of a hormone called DHEA as well, which is a vitality hormone. We need it at high levels to help us repair and recover. And you certainly would have stopped or significantly reduced the amount of adrenaline, stress, you know adrenaline from stress and cortisol the stress hormone from stress you would have reduced those as well significantly so just a really simple practice where you slow deepen, and regulate the breathing and then make a conscious choice to experience a different type of emotion on top of that has a really profound impact upon your body and your brain and then upon the way that you're able to think and feel about things and the behaviors that you might engage in subsequently so that's good heart focus breathing that's just the breathing bit and then the quick coherence is when you add in the, uh, the feeling. We don't go for complicated names in HeartMath. It does what it says on the tin.
0: Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Uh, do you know what? I think we're coming into about an hour. <laughs> uh, I just wonder if you wanted to... Um, I mean, the, the amount of information people shared in the, in the questionnaire was, was staggering, and I'd just, I just like to have to think about what we can do to, to help people with all the other advice and, and experiences people had. I don't if you wanted to go to the if you've got it handy, mate. If you wanted to look at the the last question, um which was when you reflect yeah. on how you've handled the challenges of the last eighteen months, what's the best advice you'd like to share with others? Um, and there's just some if we just take a look at that and just anything that that pops out to you, then um, you know we can do that. And one of the one of the best things I think it goes back to the rhythm that you talked about and we've talked about, which is to to keep a normal routine where you can. And someone said yeah. this gives us an anchor both practically and mentally. And we thrive with some routine in our lives. Um, Mm. And we also need variety. Um, So use Zoom to help to enable you to stay connected and to try new things and access things in a different way. Um, Which I thought was a a terrifically practical one of of the importance. And again, just just having that simple routine can give you that sense of agency, can't it? That you have an ability to influence what happens to you. Um,
1: Absolutely. Routine is rhythm. So, you know, this is, the rhythm can apply not just to what's going on in, in your body, but also what's going on with your day. And we know the importance of you know a regular rhythm to uh, you know eating, resting, sleeping. Um, we know that they're beneficial to us. So I think it's a really it, again it's it's a really great but simple piece of advice that we can all engage in.
0: Was there any any advice that stood out for you as a as the best? Um... Um,
1: yeah, I like I, I, I like the one um, about naming your own fears um, again i think that's easier to do once you're in a state of balance so for myself you know i'd, I'd spend some time getting coherent it could just be a minute or two or whatever and then i can ask myself you know what do i what is it about this that i'm fearful about or that is annoying me or frustrating me or irritating me where's that coming from you know and then and then you can ask yourself the question well is is that appropriate yes no is it is it helpful in terms of resolving the situation yes no um, and if it's if it's not appropriate, and it's not helpful. Then you know what what could I do? What attitude or action um, could I engage in that might be different, might be more helpful? I'm not suggesting it necessarily solves a the problem there or then, but what you're what you're doing is you're you're weakening that kind of unconscious connection to the feelings that you have or the beliefs that you have, and you're you're intentionally looking for something that's different. So you're getting out of that unhelpful pattern, beginning to perhaps create create a new pattern um so yeah that type of thing you know asking for help a lot of people are are not very good at asking for help and a, a lot of people are feeling isolated and lonely at the moment again we know for the research how bad loneliness is for you um and we also know that sometimes when you ask people for help they come up with amazing solutions and I you know I had an experience recently which you know about Jonathan where I asked the HeartMath community um, to help me in a lawyer because I've got a serious kind of trademark situation going on. And it was, you know, it's worrying me, and confusing me. And I'd made a decision where I'd use some really expensive lawyers that was causing problems. And I asked for help. And actually the response I got was incredible. And not only did I get connected to some fantastic and much less expensive lawyers, but I also got brilliant advice from people. And I also got people telling me how much they kind of cared about me and what I was going through and that they were sending me positive you know feelings and wishes and stuff and that and that, that was a lovely thing and it's because I asked for help and that, actually I'm probably not that great at asking for help. So sometimes no, you hardly have a, ever like, do yeah. mate. No i <laughs> there we go. You you can talk from experience. You're not very good at it either.
0: <laughs> so I <laughs> probably yeah. worse than you mate. And but yeah, probably but, but here's the thing mate but if you look at it then I, I do I do think though I'm um, is people are paying you back. Uh, because of everything that you do to help help the community. And you know, and if you if going back to the we had heart meditation, and, and I'll definitely put a link in the um, in the podcast notes uh, for this, is that it's actually it's, is that isolation is the most dangerous thing we can experience in life. Um, mm-hmm. And if you go back to the to the you know the maneuver warfare research in in John Boyd stuff, it's a game that success is a game of isolation and interaction. As in you isolate a failure. And you mm. and you and you interact to be successful. And so, in that sense, and it's, I think it's one of the most dangerous things of the of the pandemic reaction is we've isolated ourselves for very good reason. But it's actually, well, it's a poisonous thing. And so, yeah. the the other thing, and so, <clears> so within that sense, we you know asking for help is, is is to name you know yes to name your fears, but also realistically, well, given that anything could happen, you know, in the autumn winter go back and look at how you and the people you care about have dealt with the challenges that you've faced and have a think well how how would we deal with this next time yep. and how can we be prepared for it and ready so that if another lockdown comes or there's more challenge or there's an outbreak or family members or friends or neighbours get covid and is how can we help each other and how yep. can we stay together and that's a thing that i've just found I was just thinking, you know, when we are doing the heart focus breathing and stuff. And I was just thinking about the wonderful things that the, the heart math community shared and with the best advice and how generous they were in, in contributing to the questionnaire. And, um, and just, just absolutely, you know, just stunning stuff. And we've still got time regardless of how challenging the winter might be. If we have a, a wicked flu slash COVID season or whatever, we currently have time to do something about it. And so, Remember the advice where this where this conversation came from, with the CDC advice around the causes of hospitalization with COVID, um, and so it's all about obesity. So if you are a bit overweight, then then you know let's get walking, right, mm. and get a friend involved as well, and and yeah. and start with let's focus on our what we're eating and and taking care of ourselves that way, and also deal with our fear and anxiety, and and if we do have diabetes again, just you know focus on diet so we can get the get the meds down and. Um, there's just something something fantastic. One of the one of the I think that a bit of advice you were quoting, um Gavin, which was someone was saying search for reliable sources, and they said of information. <clears throat> but I just think that whole thing of search for reliable sources of positive emotion or <clears throat> community or love or food <clears throat> or you know, or, yes, information, but just verify where can I get or you know, where can I get what I need and what would what sustains me and what generates life for me. Um, and make sure you've got your sources and secure your supply lines, which is, you know, from a, from a <laughs> just a simple military point of view. And another one, limit your spending to the, to, the, to the necessities, right? Which on one level is great financial advice, but also asking that question, do I need to take on this stress right now? Is it necessary yeah. for me to feel this, this emotion, right? And it's like, well, actually no. So then if you exercise your choice, be able to, you know, you can do that more and more, right? Any others that you want to share before we wrap up, mate? Um,
1: so yeah, the, you know the media diet thing. I think is 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 always a good one um, to limit the amount of negative stuff. What I, I would also say is to just try and broaden your the diet. So don't you know don't eat too much of one thing, for sure. Um, but also broaden it a little bit. Se- seek out some other opinions. You know, we tend to be people, people are called everything's polarised, isn't it? It's right versus left. It's, you know, um, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. You know, it, 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 everything's polarised. Whereas if you if you just search for some other information about what other people might be thinking and why, um, I think you get a fuller picture and you can question some of the information that you are just believing in for whatever reasons that you believe in it. You, you can also then begin to understand what other people are believing and why. And that then keeps us connected as well, because we don't want to disconnect from others. We don't want separation that isolates us and it puts us at conflict with others and it causes us to be fearful of other people as well. So that's that's a nice one. Um, and the other one, which you know is, is, is one that I live my life by, is but just try and stay connected with your heart. So I think that these techniques, because they're heart-focused, enable you to to connect with the heart. But that means you know being connected with who you really are, who you authentically are. You know what it is that's important to you, how you want to live your life. Um, stress gets in the way of all of that, and it can cause us to act in ways that we might later regret behaving ways that we might later regret but if we can stay connected more with the heart i think also you're able to tap a bit more into intuition so when there's all of this confusing information out there and boy there are so many narratives aren't there about what's going on and why and who's behind it and all the you know you there's so many rabbit holes it's just don't go there you know have a surface level kind of scan about what people are saying and why and then connect back to your own heart and see what your intuition says to you is going on here not in any depth or specificity but what's going on and if that's really what i perceive is going on what's the best way for me to behave here what should i do, mm.
0: um, do you know and so i just yeah. i'm going to come back mate. i was going to give you one last shout out to your sympathy um just as in the, in the, the mm. approach that you've taken which is and, and john butler talked about this last week which is is the way in which we have that phrase we lose our senses and we lose our senses and then we regain our senses and so if you're interacting with in a sensory way with your environment and to so syntropy is it is a great way of having so we've got sound you've got visuals and also you've got emotions as well when you when you can manifest the emotions is that you're coming back to your senses and that's yeah. the the most important thing is that you're present in that moment and you're able you in, you're interacting with your environment from a what's going on kind of thing you know am I going to get into a fight if i go to the petrol station so you can remain vigilant um but also as well you can maintain a focus on what's really going on and what's happening for you and people around you um and that's what i think i love about your, you know your approach with with sin forgetting and i'll be sure to put that in the in the link when it's when it comes out but there was one last thing i wanted to share because it was just this a brief paragraph
1: well, well, with the be just to say well, we, we will send a, a video that people can access before the app's out even we'll send a video that people can just watch on their phone or their their computer
0: fantastic so
1: that's a that's a freebie
0: thanks so much <laughs> so the one last thing is that someone wrote in the in the in the on the questionnaire said the best mm. advice said this too will pass keep your spirit mm. high find things that make you laugh create music playlists that lift your spirits connect often Wonderful. with nature and try and practice heart-centered breathing as often as possible. Put notes around to remind you of the things that will help and keep in touch with those that are important to you.
1: Yeah. Amazing. What a great That's the, that's the way through. That is the way through. <laughs> um, so guys, just,
0: just stick together um, and we'll get through it. And let's, let's get prepared for whatever might come our way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if you need to do any clearing, then I can't recommend heart math um any more than than i already do because it's 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 for me it's the best way of getting clear during the the day in the moment um and as, as we've said in this this podcast the challenge is not the stress itself in and of itself it's that we're unable to clear it so let's get clear so that whatever happens in the winter and um and in the months ahead we're doing it and we're dealing with the situation together um you know, and we're at our best gavin thank you very much as always mate for um for your generous contribution
1: my pleasure absolutely loved it and yeah grateful to be given the opportunity to share some of this stuff with people so thank you
0: and if, if people wanted to find out more about your stuff mate what well, so we're going to have a, a link to syntropy and um, if we wanted to if someone wanted to join we add heart what what do they need to do
1: <clears throat> just, just all they need to do is go to weadheart.com and then you can find a group it could be a local group for you or you could decide actually i'd rather join a group over the other side of the world we've got them in 33 different countries so the thing is Join a group, wherever it might be. Join a group, different group each month. doesn't really matter. Um, but simple as that, it's free. So, you, you know, just, uh, yeah, join a group and experience it. And if it's for you, keep coming back for more.
0: And simply, we will share one in the, we share an example in the notes. And if you wanted to find out more about HeartMath, is at heartmath.co.uk.
1: Yep, so HeartMath UK and Ireland, um, weatherjust is simply heartmath.co.uk um, and it, I'm very happy if anyone wanted to contact me directly, so um, probably the easiest way is just info at heartmath.co.uk, I will see that, it's easier to remember than my personal email. So yeah, very happy um, for anyone to get in touch.
0: Brilliant mate, thanks very much for, uh, for your time, and see you soon. Thank you, cheers. This has been The Art and Science of Success. I'm Jonathan Brown. If you want to learn more about the topics we've discussed today, be sure to visit alppartners.com where you'll find the show notes and other resources. And if you join our community there, you'll get access to even more battle tested ideas to help you create success for yourself and your organisation. You can also arrange a free call to explore how we can help you accelerate learning and performance in your organisation. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe and if you have a minute, pop over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to give us a positive rating. Thanks for listening.